0: Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. So if you have your Bibles, um, you can go... Ooh, let me see. In fact, I'll go ahead and, and let you open up to the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. You can just keep that place open because uh, I will get to some of that, those verses, but I might not start there. So I'm not going to have you open up at verse every time I have a verse here because I've got quite a few. Um, but the bottom line is this. Last week we started with Psalms 23, where David is speaking. He says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And if you read the whole of Psalms, uh, Psalms 23, you see the, the rest that David is in that, that comes out of the relationship that David has with the Lord. And when he declares and he speaks about the Lord and who he is in his life, he says, the Lord is my shepherd he has a, there's a, there's an intimacy in that relationship and him saying about god he's my shepherd you know there's there's something more deeper it's not an an acquaintance come on have you know the sheep and the shepherd have an there's an intimacy Jesus even used the story, he says he'll leave the ninety nine to go after the one because you know he, he knows that these ninety nine are good, but when the one's out there he knows they're fine and, and, and their relationship with, with the shepherd is good, but one somehow left left the sheepfold and he goes after the one but, but all of that is there's intimacy with the ninety nine and there's intimacy with the one that he goes after. Are you with me? And so David is saying, he is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes him. David says, he makes me to lie down. And he's talking about how the sheep will act. He he makes me to lie down. In other words, as a result of that relationship, I have rest. I rest in the Lord. I rest in His goodness. In fact, I'm just going to jump ahead here um, really quickly and go all the way to uh, uh, Jesus' invitation to rest in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. It says here, Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, Jesus, Jesus is inviting them. The good shepherd, the one that David said, he, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall know what, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. In other words, let's rephrase that. He's saying, the Lord... Is number one, my God that I honour, but He is also my friend. Abraham was considered a friend of God. You are, uh, you know, but, but let's understand there is an honour there. It's not a, um, a lack of honour in that friendship. It is an honouring relationship and friendship there. But either which way, David is saying, the Lord is my friend. And this is my best friend who has nothing but good intentions and in my relationship with Him, He makes me rest. And Jesus again here, the shepherd is saying to them, He's saying, come to me and you will find rest. David is experiencing that rest and here Jesus is inviting them to that rest that David is describing. He says, come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Not maybe, not somehow. He says, I will give, come to me. Now just remember this Jesus at this point of time, in, in, is it, this is Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus at this time is not speaking to Gentiles, the Gentiles are not even part of this covenant. At this point, they only become a part of the covenant in the book of Acts after Jesus said it is finished. And, and you know, on the third day, he rose from the dead. The book of Acts comes and the Holy Spirit falls upon all flesh. Peter gets up and and in fact, Peter gets up and says, This is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days saith the Lord, that I shall pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. The Holy Spirit falls then, but the point is, then it takes them, you know, God God is already available to the Gentiles the moment He said it is finished. In fact, the Gospel was already made available to the Gentiles. They had to get the revelation of the fact that the Gospel was available to the Gentiles. God had to speak to Peter in a dream and say, because Peter was hungry in the middle of the day and, and, and God puts him into a sleep, or I don't know if it was an open vision, but he has this vision and he sees pigs and God says, take and eat. And, he, and, and Peter says, it's unclean. And God had to tell him several times, take and eat. And he said, no, it's unclean. And basically he understood he could not call unclean. What God said is clean. And then Cornelius at the same time, a Gentile that feared God, that wasn't even supposed to be a part of that covenant, but believed in the God of the children of Israel. In, and the Bible says that his arms, he loved God and he feared God without even being a part of that covenant. And, and he, his arms came up as a memorial, not his left arm and his right arm. His, he, he, he Out of the abundance of his heart, he blessed people. Are you with me? His giving went up to God. God came to Cornelius. God speaks to Cornelius. Cornelius sends servants, out to Peter as Peter comes out of this vision. So God's speaking to Peter, God's speaking to Cornelius, God sends servants. As Peter is coming out of this dream, there's two men ready for him. And then Peter immediately understands the gospel has now been made available for the Gentiles. All right. So I'm just giving you the rundown. So now we're back in the book of Matthew. Jesus is speaking to the people of the covenant, the children of Israel. And he's saying, come to me, all ye that are heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. So he's talking to, come on, let me just go ahead and say this today. In the church world today, There are no Jews and Gentiles and Greeks, Hebrews, black, white, purple, blue. Uh, There's none of it. There's all one colour and that is the colour of kingdom citizenry. We are all equal heirs of the covenant that Jesus ratified in His blood. Are you with me? I'm just trying to tell you, but I will say this just as much. They were, what yoke, what yoke and how were they weary at the time Jesus made that statement? He wasn't just talking about hey come to me you've had a hard day come to me I'm gonna give you rest we're gonna go over to my house I'm gonna pr- we're gonna go over to somebody's house that they've made available to us and we're gonna wash your feet and which he did all of that the point of the matter is he wasn't just addressing physical fatigue he was draw- talking about spiritually he was talking about about uh, mostly spiritually you know Jesus wasn't just addressing the shallowness of the physical side although he had compassion and he and he addressed those side but the point is he was talking to a bunch of believers, if you will, that were believing in the Messiah to come, or, or, or at this time, you know, they're, they're still following the law of Judaism very, very strictly. And Jesus is saying, Come to me. And let me just go ahead and tell you in the church world today, even though we might be saved in Christ Jesus we have also shifted out and we've become just like the people that were religiously obeying the commandments of the law. We are also tired and weary of what religion has done with us. And many people are stuck because they're still blinded by it. Well, many people are sincere and they're still sticking with it. But I'm telling you right now, they're sticking with religion that has told them it's all about them and their efforts and what they can do in order to get anything from a Above, which is a complete fallacy and lie and God is calling us back to the place of rest in Him and He's saying the same thing to Him. In fact, not only is He telling them, come unto me all you that labour and are heavy laden, come and rest in me. He's actually coming to them on that particular occasion and He's saying, yes, you know how to rest on the Sabbath, but I am the living epitome. I am the Sabbath and my Sabbath for you is not just one day a week. My Sabbath for you is every single day of the week. I didn't call you to live in a place of rest one single day out of the week. I've called you to live permanently in a place of rest. And while it is good to observe those things, Let's make sure that in our observance, we understand that He is the Sabbath. He is the fulfillment of the old, that maybe once a week you could participate in something the old was showing. But as we participated, let us do just like communion, that we have it in remembrance of what He did and that now we get to enjoy that rest. But it's not just about observing it once a week, it's about observing and living in it every day of our lives. The power isn't in the Sabbath. The power is in the person of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is, this is prophetic here. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's talking about, listen, I'm on a mission. I have been sent by the Father. Uh, Don't you know, didn't you hear about the fact that, you know, I came into the world, good news, the declaration, good news, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. That is the declaration of the Messiah that is coming in the one who the old, all the people of old, even uh, uh, the prophets of old spoke about the one who would come and purchase for us a righteousness that would be not a righteousness of the law, but a righteousness of Jesus that would be imputed to us. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm a man on a mission, come and partake of my rest and everything that I have for you, my yoke is easy and my burden is light and I'm going to the cross and he said that several many times and you know and Peter rebuked him for saying it and then Jesus rebuked him back he said get thee behind me Satan for you are not come on you are not aware of the things of the spirit you are not mindful of the things of the spirit and so so Jesus was saying he declared his intentions he declared his purpose but here Jesus is saying I'm going to the cross and I'm going to cause a divine exchange because everything that you deserve, the penalty that was coming towards you, everything that that, that, that we did, a just God had to to deal with what we did. Are you with me? And He's talking to the people of His day and into the future. That prophetic word of the mouth of the Lord went into the future for us. He said everything that was due them and everything that was due us on this side, I'm going to the cross and I'm going to remove your penalty. I'm going to remove your shame. I'm going to remove all of those things and I'm going to give you my Spirit and I'm going to cause you to be made alive to God. Not only will you be like the prophets that you now walk, that walk among us, but you're going to be able to be equally a prophet, a priest and a king and you're going to be able to walk in this glory the way it was always intended to be because that which Adam lost for you in the garden, I am here to tell you, I am preparing the way for you to enter in. Hallelujah. You're hearing the gospel today. The gospel is rich. The gospel is liberating. That is the sign of when you hear the message of the gospel, that when it comes upon the ears of the hearers, it produces inside of you a joy. Your head might be going, could this be so? Is God this wonderful? Is this really true about Him? Your head might be going, but your spirit is going, yes, yes, yes. And to sit under anything less, is to drink of an impure well. Oh, yes. Praise God. The gospel isn't a little bit of me in the equation and a little bit about you. Are you with me? Amen. Somebody say, the gospel, the gospel is all about Jesus. All about Jesus. <laughs> So I get a little bit excited, I get a little bit bold, I get a little bit confident, not because I'm anything special, I am bold and confident because I know as long as I will leave the sound of the Name of Jesus in the ears of the hearers, there is nobody that's gonna come and say, well, did you hear what he's preaching about? Okay, tell me what am I preaching about? Did you hear the the works of men being preached to you? Or did you hear the exaltation of Jesus? Did you hear all of about it's all about him and a little bit about you or did you hear when you sat and you listened it was all about him? Because if you heard it was all about him then what's your problem? Amen. Praise God. Come on. Amen, Amen. Mm-hmm. somebody Ezekiel 34, 14 says, I will feed them in a good pasture. Come on. And upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be, and there shall they lie in a good fold and in a fat pasture. Somebody say fat pasture. (laughs) Woo, glory. (laughs) Fat pasture. I love being American right now. It doesn't sound the same if I say fat pasture. <laughs> I mean, he's given you a fat pasture. <laughs> this almost sounds like a fat pastor. <laughs> he gave you that almost. <laughs> <laughs> I will feed them in a good pasture, not just a good one, a fat pasture. That talks about the earthly provision. That talks about the earthly enjoyment of sozo life. Your spirit is completely born again. Come on, say this. My My spirit is completely born again. You are a you 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 are a new creation in Christ where you are experiencing sozo uh, so the life of salvation the benefits of salvation the joy of your salvation is in the sozo come on your soul is experiencing sozo life the power of salvation that was purchased for you because of Jesus and what he did you are experiencing that in so in other words even though your Spirit is born again, you are a child of God. Your mind, your will, and your emotions are experiencing that salvation, why? Because your mind has to catch up with what's already been done by God, by only His power and goodness and grace in your spirit. So the redemptive work of salvation is still working in us, even though we are saved. How many of you realise you need a little bit more saving, not your eternal salvation. I'm talking about your mind needs to get saved from stinking thinking. your mind still has to come in agreement with what's taken place on the inside. And how do we do that? By the Word of God, not just the letter of the Word, because the Bible says that the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And by the way, that's not just the letter and then adding the anointing. Now, now the letter becomes anointed no, anointed because the Holy Spirit's breathing on it. Yes, revelation comes, but the point is the Spirit, the, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life is absolutely the demarcation of an old covenant, and now we're living in a new covenant. When God, when Paul speaks about Timothy, when, uh, when, when Timothy's, uh, is in, in the book of Timothy, you see him, he says, study to show yourself approved, rightly dividing. What do you do when you divide something? You split it down the middle. You rightly divide. We cannot take this anymore. So, divide, rightly dividing the word of God, study to show yourself approved, isn't about how much theology you can get in your head. It's about understanding. Don't mix the covenants together. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. When the Bible says the old, new wineskins, that, 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 come on, the, the, oh, you, 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 we are becoming new, we are new wineskins and the old wineskins. It's talking about the old and the new. Jesus was a covenant man. He had a covenant language. The whole purpose of Him being on the earth was to take us out of one era while He perfectly met every requirement of the old. He was saying, I'm coming to usher you into a new age because in this age right now, you cannot fully experience God the way God wanted you to experience Him. And when all the effort is taken off of you and it paints a picture of how Jesus and how much He's done for you, you begin to feel free. You begin to relinquish your efforts. And what happens as a result of that? You start to experience rest. Why? Because you have faith in the one that purchased those provisions for you. And then you begin to walk in the rest of faith. I I I was behind the veil <laughs> in the back there because I usually spend a few minutes there. I'm a people person. I, I love being around people. Um, just there's only a few occasions where. I just want to get alone. And that's usually before a service, no matter where I am. In fact, I don't even like eating at all. And in, in the morning, if I'm ministering on a Sunday morning, I don't eat before it's not because I'm so spiritual. I just don't like being bloated up here. Because <laughs> it's not fun. I'm thinking about, oh my God, I feel terrible on the inside right now. I feel like, you know, and, and I don't have enough room here to let off any steam, you know what I mean? But that's not, no, the point of the matter is, is that I'm behind there and, and, and uh, just getting the mind of the Lord and just emptying myself out of whatever and getting His whatever into me and my whatever out of me. And uh, I, I really feel, <coughs> you know, um, concerning revival or the outpouring of the Spirit. I know this is kind of neither here nor there, but it's out of the overflow uh, God, what God is doing in the earth right now is, is that, number one, we cannot put uh, God in a box. We cannot, because some people, you know, we have already predetermined determined we're going to have a, an awakening and, and an outpouring of the Spirit of God. And, and, and yes, we are, we are. But in our minds, we've already fashioned what that looks like according to what we've experienced or seen. And so right there, we've already put limitations on God. And So I feel like for us, and I can't, you know, I'm not going to be the judge of what everybody else is doing out there. I really feel like for us, God is saying, I'm bringing a revival of people's first love back to Jesus. This is what we will be known for people's first love to Jesus will be restored, that the yokes of bondage and religion will come, the shackles of religion that have held so many people bound up. God's going to bring them right back to that place where they were overwhelmed at His goodness because of the salvation He gave them. They knew that when they came to came to Him, they would have, they brought nothing to the table. God, I need you because I am, in fact, so some people probably wouldn't even be in this building here. You would be dead already if it wasn't for God that came to visit you. And so God is going to bring us back to that place to where we ex- Experience the joy of our salvation and so we are going to experience a move of the love of God in that God is restoring first love and people are going to come just to experience and have them and when the, and 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 guess what as soon as that transformation begins to take place as they hear and hear and hear and God continues to transform through the truth of his word then the call and the gift and everything will begin to ma- be made manifest you'll begin to erode and come back to serving God again from the position of thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. And now the response is gonna take place and then you're gonna be able to do things for the kingdom of God that many have become weary in doing because religion has exhausted so many people. It's amazing to me. You know, the Bible talks about the dog going back to its own vomit. And where you get fed is important, it's very important. Well, it's okay, you know, I go here and I go there and I go here and I go, go ahead, go and eat your smorgasbord. In the natural, if you survived on a diet of just eating at every fast food chain, you will kill yourself. And if in the natural, you can go and eat a bunch of junk food every day and it's unhealthy for you, then what about the things of the Spirit? Amen? Amen. Sorry, I'm just saying. Amen? Amen. So what is David resting from? As he's talking about the Lord is my shepherd. He's resting from stress, from anxiety, from fear, from pressure, from danger, from striving, from self-effort. Come on, this is the, the rest of faith. <laughs> it is the rest of faith. And guess what? The rest of faith is the fruit and outcome of relationship. It is the fruit and the byproduct of relationship with Jesus. Not relationship and religion. Not relationship. Uh, the, the 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 relationship that that religion has taught you to have with Jesus. I mean, I, I abandoned several years ago, probably 12, 13 years ago, not that I, you know, I was ever in a position saying, well, I'm going to try and do this in my own effort. You know, we, we do that you know, without realizing it. But the point is, I abandoned that a long time. Why am I going to try to strive with taking any credit for what God wants to do in my life? Why? Religion will tell you that. Religion tells you it's what you do that equals the anointing that you will walk in. And so, and and then and then the whole church world is now engaged in all kinds of things. Why running after it, getting more anointing? That's hard work. Just so, just how much do you have to do to get more anointed? I mean, I mean, can we please? Is there an exact number and formula here? No, no. I mean, let's think about that right now. Can, 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 can we, can it, so, so who determines the bar? And this guy can pray for 10 hours a day, which he actually does about 14, but we'll just. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife, she prays 18 hours a day. And most of the time he feels insignificant. He goes, how am I ever going to get to be like her? So who sets the bar? So already now he's exhausted because he's not matching the same level of enthusiasm. And guess what? The Holy Spirit might have told her to pray for 18 hours and not him. And all of a sudden he tries to do what she's doing. And he's actually now working in the flesh to try and accomplish something. He's doing something that God never told him to do. And in the church, we don't tell people that, but we let them go thinking that in order to be anointed, you've got to do all of these things. And then people think that they're never going to measure up. So what do they do? They stay in the pews and they never do it because they know they're not capable of doing it. And they just look at the others and go, one day, hopefully, and I'll never measure up to them. Really? Come on. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. I hope you understand that even as I'm ministering out of the overflow here, that it's all coming into, it's all under the banner of God's rest for you. And then and then some people, and I feel so sorry for them. I, my, I mean, I weep for them. They come in, they hear it, they get so liberated. Oh, it's all about what Jesus can do. And then they go out and they're so excited. And they go to somebody religious and say, Well, oh, be careful now, but you know, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And then they put fear on them. And then they never walked through these doors here because they thought they heard something that was outside the realm of the truth. And somebody went and put religion back on them. They came out free and then they go out there and religion puts shackles on them all over again. Amen? Amen. Some people, I'll just tell you right now, just enjoy the freedom that God is wanting to give you. If you're not in a place where you are filled with the Scripture to be able to come back at those religious devils, just shut your mouth, don't say anything because they're going to come and steal that joy away from you because they don't want you free. They want you to be twice the son of a gun that they are. Hey, hey, look, hey, it's okay for me to say son of a gun in church. Let me just go ahead and tell you flat out, Jesus said, you brood of vipers. Amen. I mean, look, if we had to translate and we had to pass that brood on vipers, it would have got you bunch of idiots. What, you know, and, and I'm just talking about the vernacular today probably would have been heavier than you, son of a gun. Are you with me? Jesus called somebody, called a woman a dog not right for the dogs. And that woman says, yes, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off the, off the, ta- off the side of the table. But he called her a dog. <laughs> Jesus never went around intentionally trying to offend people. Let me tell you that. In fact, the majority of the time, the majority of the time, and in fact, 100% of the time, he always walked in love and compassion towards the lost the sinner and the hungry. The only time he got irritated on an epic level was with religion. And my war is no different. I'm on an epic rant against religion because religion does everything to put yoke and shackles and do, 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 do on people. And Jesus is saying, I set you free. Spoken like a true Kentuckian. from the rolling hills in the blue grass of Kentucky. <laughs> Come on. All right, well, I'm not going to bore you much more here. I'm going I'm, to... I'm, I'm landing this plane right now. How many of you heard the famous landing of the plane from preachers? And in closing, and in closing, and in closing... Hallelujah! But i tell you what, this is, you know, it's kind of like it's being under a waterfall of the liberating freedom of the truth of the gospel that the Lord is pouring out freedom and He's pouring out, come on, you, you, you can't sit here and go, man, I I'm not too sure about that because your spirit is telling you, wow, thank you, Jesus there's a response, your spirit on the inside of you is going, <gasps> it's like, man, you like somebody who's been parched, like a thirsty in a dry land. When, when the truth comes, it begins to just saturate your spirit, saturate your soul. It begins to replenish and feed you on the inside of you. And God is wanting you to come out under the spout where the glory comes out. And just sit and rest in God, rest in Him, rest in Him, rest in Him and let Him work out all of the do the, the do. Let Him, let Him take out. Come on, we've spent years and years under religion that has told us to do, do, do. That's what I meant by do do. Religion has taught us to do, 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 do in order for God to do, 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 do back to you. And and let me and, and in closing here, this <laughs> I just caught myself. In closing, <laughs> the Bible talks about frustrating the grace of God. Do you know what frustrating the grace? Do you know what, you know what frustrating the grace of God is? Is trying to earn what grace has already provided. That's what frustrating the grace. No, 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 it's not, nothing. it didn't say your wrongdoing and your, uh, your, your filthy living frustrates the God. I mean, that, you know I'm not talking about that now, all right? I'm talking about believers that love God, but they frustrate the grace of God because religion has told them it's what they need to do. But grace is saying, I'm frustrated because grace has already made the provision. You're trying to earn what grace has already given you. Can you see how futile that is? You can't earn something that's given. So in other words, you are doing the work of grace and grace cannot do the work for you. You are trying to do what grace was designed to do for you. So why don't you just let the grace of God do what grace was designed to do for you? And as you live in that zone of rest in God, it's not, it's, not, it's not a message of paralysis to where we do nothing. It's got nothing to do with paralyzing people. Well, I don't have to do anything, then I just won't do anything. And then, and then I just won't, I will we'll just sit down and do nothing. That's not what we're talking about. talking about God's done it all for you. Now you, as a response of His goodness, begin to live it out. It's on the inside of you already. That's the whole point. Would you quit trying to get it in and get the revelation that's already on the, that it's already on the inside of you and that you can rest? You don't have to try and earn and deserve it. Why don't you begin to manifest it? There used to be an old song that went, In Him we live and move and have our being. And if we, whatever. Was it, What a mighty God. No, wait, no, wait. There's a, there's a second part of that song. There's a second, anyway. It was, In Him we move, live and move and have. You. How many of you remember that song? Make a joyful noise, sing unto the Lord. That was the second part of the song. But in him we in him we live and move and have our being. We are being the image of Christ. Being. God never called any one of us to be a human doing. He called you to be a human being. We've got to be the aroma. We've got to We've got to allow what's on the inside to come out. That's why Paul said, and it's a scripture that we all freak out about. Paul said, work out your salvation, not in. Do we actually read what it says? It says, work out that salvation with fear and trembling. Why did Paul say fear and trembling? Paul was only saying work out salvation with fear and trembling. The fear and trembling Paul was talking about there is making sure that you're not trying to work something in. Work it out and make sure. He says, make sure that you stand in the fear of the Lord that as you begin to declare the gospel to people, may it never put shackles of religion on people. Have some fear in your life. Stop putting shackles on people. Why do I say that? Because the next verse after that actually says, "For it is God who works within us." So you can't quote verse twelve without vo- clo- uh, quoting verse thirteen. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout of praise. All right. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna end today, and I usually don't end in prayer because there's no. Amen at the end of the book of Acts. Because we're still in the book of Acts. Amen. Um, But for those of you watching online really quickly um, and then in the building, if you are writing out checks and you wanna give an offering, the offering envelopes are on that side. Take out an offering uh, envelope. Uh, if you are writing out checks, make them to, uh, make them out to DRM or Destiny Revival Ministries, or you can put cash in an envelope and drop it for those of you watching online or even you here in the building. If you would like to give online, go to www.destinyrevivalministries.com. Click on the Give Today button and you can give safely and securely. And then lastly, if you wanna give by way of using your smartphone, text the word GIVE to the following number. That's 337-434-3777. 337-434-3777. Text the word GIVE to that number and you'll receive a text back where you can give safely and securely through that link. Amen. All right, so we can go ahead and say goodbye to our online Uh, folk. We love you. Thank you for tuning in with us today. See you again next week.